Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast. Larry Kreider here. So glad you've joined us again today. With me in the studio today is Bobby and Wanda Alger from Winchester, Virginia. Welcome. Hey. Glad to be here. Yeah, Man, good to be I here. think we've met so many years ago in Harrisonburg, I remember That's correctly. Right. You were you were serving on a pastoral team at that point, I think. And at church. He was more full time. I was Raising kids. You're raising kids. <laughs> yeah, but she right. was active. She was leading worship still. Okay. Even when she was yeah. raising kids. And you guys are passing a dynamic church in Winchester, Virginia today. And we want to talk about leadership. How did you, did you expect when you were kids that you'd be involved in leadership? We'll start with you, Wanda. Did you? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Really? No, I, I was a quiet introvert. Really? Uh, fourth in line of my kids. Yeah. I. Oh, it would have. Freaked me out to think I'd have to stand in front of people do anything. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? How about you, Bobby? I don't know. I mean, leadership, no, but yet I was always, it seemed like that everywhere I was, even with a kid, I'd rise to the top leading something or, you know, directing something. I'm the last of six kids, so you wouldn't think that the last right. one would be the leader, but that seems to be how it's emerged today, even in my own natural family. So, it's just odd, you know. I wouldn't thought of myself as a pastor. In fact, uh, two different people suggested I should be a pastor before I got the call of God. Really? Yeah. And he didn't tell me that before we got married. He did or did not? <laughs> no, he didn't because he was in sales when we married. Because uh-huh. I said I'd never marry so a pastor. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, that would have cut you out. Uh, all right. Now let's talk a bit about about leadership. Uh, first of all, when's the first time, Bobby, you even thought maybe I'm called to leadership? As you look back. Probably when I was in uh, high school and, and then in college, there were roles that, uh, that leadership was needed, and I was either selected by the teacher or I kind of was selected by my peers. Okay. And so from that point of view, I looked back and I thought, wow, what is this that, that you know, do I have a, a label on me, a tag or something, sure. leader? But my peers would see that, and sometimes the teacher t- would see that and, and pull me into those positions. Okay, and wonder how about you? When's the first time you remember thinking, well, maybe? I I was a late bloomer because I was a musician. I was the music major, violinist, right. and so even in the early years when we first met, it, I was always involved in the worship ministry, but I never looked at it because I was a leader. It was just I was a good musician. I could lead the teams. And then even with the prophetic, I mean, I was thinking about it today in preparation for this. I didn't think of myself as a leader until years later. That is amazing. That's good for people to know because we have many young leaders listening and think, well, I don't know if I'm called to be a leader or not, but God shows you at the right time and at least mm. gives you nudges so you can know that, hey, maybe this is something God's called me to do or be. So talk about some of the first things you – let's do this. Talk to us about who you are today. What are areas of leadership you're both involved today? Wanda, we'll start with you. Uh, well, I mean, I was involved in worship leadership for years. Right. That was my primary role in the church, was a worship leader, uh, raising up teams, teaching. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, when the whole prophetic gifting really started to emerge, right. uh, 
then that was more intercessory. Uh, I eventually started writing and then speaking. And now, um, you know, my ministry, even with Crossroads, is is very minimal. I've got right. my own, you know, full-time You're a global ministry. ministry. You minister to people uh, around the world. Over YouTube, I've got a lot of social media channels right. and, you know, worked with Intercessors for America. That really helped right. kind of gain the platform as well. And then the Lord told me about eight years ago, start recording everything that he's been teaching me. And that's how Beautiful. I got into writing because I never uh-huh. thought I'd be a writer. So... Yeah, and remember you came to me years ago and said, "Okay, I think I'm called to write." Which is look like, <laughs> I love what God's done with you. It's been amazing. And how many books have you authored at this point? I, this is my sixth. This sixth latest book. One. Uh-huh. Wow, wow. And uh, now we're not going to have time in this podcast, but I want to interview you on your newest book, "Words to Pray By." I love that book. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Bobby, back to you now. Let's talk about your early days here in leadership. First thing you remember in leadership. What, what are areas of leadership you're involved in today? Obviously, you're a pastor, but talk about the whole deal. Yeah, pastor. And then, uh, I mean, the church was like 150 people for uh, 15 years. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of exploded. In the right way, in a good way. Sure. I mean, people started coming, and I decided. I'm glad you clarified that in a good way. To <laughs> yeah, right. And, <laughs> it uh, blew up. Not imploded, but exploded. Not <laughs> right. Um, and I had a side business at that time. I remember that. And uh, uh, lawn mowing and and uh, little landscape, and I loved it. I, I, you know, farming background and stuff, and it was a way for me to just to get away and from what I normally do with people and 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 pray and process, but. Things started changing, and I realized I couldn't do both anymore. Right, I really had to, right. to devote full time. Then the staff started growing. We started adding pastors, and now we have, uh, including myself, uh, four full time pastors wow. plus part time staff. And um, yeah, it's just a, a real, uh, you know, very different from where I operated, starting the church, doing everything. Now I'm at a level where I'm giving oversight, looking ahead, and that's kind of a new journey for me to really. Um, uh, you know, being involved in everything and making all the decisions sure. to really delegate to others and trust what how they would make decisions and so forth. And I'm still on that journey, but that's where I'm at today. Uh, giving an oversight to another church in town and into the church on their advisory team. And, you know, we're building relationships in the community with other churches and people are orphaned, just looking for a pastor, looking for a father. Mm. And so that's kind of growing. It's kind of new, but uh, that's kind of where we're at. Great. And now I want to, one thing I really wanted to spend a lot of time on in this podcast was how you've learned to walk together. Because mm-hmm. I know you well, and, and you guys are a vital part of the Dev Global family. I've known you guys for years. And you're very different. Very different. <laughs> Your giftings are very different. So how do you stay married, you know? <laughs> and how does this work? Because, you're, because the way God wired you both. Mm-hmm. Wanda, we'll start with you. I mean, in the back, when did you realize that you guys are really different? Maybe when you're dating or come later? Well, you know, what I always go back to is I made a, I prayed to the Lord. My, my older siblings did not have good marriages, and they fell apart. Okay. And I remember as a teenager saying, Lord, give me who I need, not necessarily who I think I want, mm-hmm. but who I need mm-hmm. to fulfill whatever you've called Very me to. And I, and I didn't know what that was. I just totally trusted the Lord with it. And so... Sure. I I grew up in a very dysfunctional home, a lot of drama, and Bobby, when I met him, I mean, stable, steady, steady Eddie, you know, and just provided uh, what I needed, and and 
I mean, it was a match made in heaven. I can honestly say that because I feel like the Lord knew we would need each other. It definitely was iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went in with our eyes open. He, he recognized the call in my life because I was already in church leadership before he was. Sure. Uh, of course, we didn't know all of what that would mean. But, you know, I, I valued what he added to my life, you know, from the very beginning. And it's never changed. That's so cool. Bobby, your response to that? Yeah, uh, obviously when uh, when I met her or got to to observe her, no, she was what I would call a celebrity in the denomination that we right, were in, right. and so that kind of scared me a bit. And then when we actually became a thing, uh, again, I realized, well, she's just an ordinary person, but I didn't really know. Um, you know, she was a strong leader; she was leading worship teams, and um, you know that didn't that didn't really uh, scare me at the time. But then, as we got married and we began to, the gifting that God had put in us began to emerge, and how that how that worked out, and how that was understood between us was really challenging. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about how you're each wired, the different giftings that you have. Bobby, start with you. Like, how are you wired as a leader? And then, you know, one, how are you wired as a leader? And then, and then, how we make that work. Well, I'm a, you know, in the fivefold, I'm primarily a pastor. Right. I mean, I have some other things sprinkled in, but, you know, primarily a pastor started out. Now, I'm growing beyond that. But uh, I'm very hands-on and very fix-it guy. I mean, right. I know the answers to things. And so when, <laughs> I mean, she had the problems, I was the fix-it guy. <laughs> that sounds kind of yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, uh, and so it, it really took me a long time before I realized that she and God are smart enough to fix themselves or herself right right and they didn't really need me and that took a long many years for me to get to that place of confidence that whatever she's working out if she wants my you know input she'll ask but she doesn't want you throwing scriptures at her no uh, yeah i learned that the hard way too many years yeah so you know that's just one of one of the areas that we we grew in and and we've grown out of now i you know honor her respect her you do you did so well both of you and Talk to me. Well, in the early years, we both knew that we had strong gifts when we got married, and that was evident in the first years of marriage. When we moved to Winchester and planted Crossroads, that was really when the prophetic began to grow much more in me. And that's where we began to see feel the tension, because in those early years, I didn't understand the gifts enough to realize that especially the prophet of a mantle, it automatically carries a level of authority, of right. spiritual authority. Because right. he would used to tell me, Wanda, you just come across so strong. You realize how strong you come across. And I'm like, am I talking too loud? Am I too aggressive? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, because I was just speaking what I felt like the Lord sure. you know, gave me. Sure. So it took a while for us to understand the giftings and what goes along with those. And then also just even the redemptive gifts for right. us, because we were talking about it on the way up, that was huge. The, mo- it's also, yeah, it's called the motivational redemptive sure. gifts. That was huge for us because we felt this tension of uh, spiritual authority because he was the senior leader in the church. I right, wasn't. Right. And yet because of you know what I would share and the conviction that I had, he, he felt emotionally like I was trying to take over. Well, I had, no way did I want the leadership of the church. And so the, the redemptive gifts really gave us a handle to understand you know, of why I felt the way that I did. And even for me, I think that's the first time I recognized the level of leadership gifting that was there because I actually was condemning myself, you know, wanted to just tone it down. Why do you have to do this? <laughs> why do you feel like you always have to be in charge? So that was really, it set us free. 
when we understood how God had wired us, you know, because he's a servant giver as well, mm -hmm. and my primary is ruler and prophet. Right. So, She's you know, high test. <laughs> high octane. But you know when you when you study those gifts, you learn uh, not You're only. You're talking about Romans twelve gifts, motivation yes. gifts, yes. Romans twelve gifts. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you don't only learn what the strengths are, but even I learned his language. Basically, what what's valuable to him as a servant, as a giver, what's meaningful to him, and then he could do the same thing for me. And I think that's when we really shifted from feeling like we had to fight each other to really, okay, wait a minute, this is supposed to be a compliment, you know, and learning more about how he thinks as, you know, a pastor, giver, servant, and, and vice versa. Right. That really started things going in a positive direction for us that we realized how we could compliment each other if we were intentional about it, because it wasn't right. automatic. Right. Now, you serve together in leadership in the church in different ways. Do you still do that today, or is your ministry one of taking you out to the world so much that that rate doesn't happen very yeah. much? Yeah. Well, that was the other thing that really helped, uh, and, and this may help some of the, the listeners too, especially women, uh, because I knew God had put in my heart early on just a vision that I knew was bigger than even Crossroads. Sure. And it but I didn't know what to do with it. I was raising my kids at home, and all I had was the worship. And so I felt this thing going on inside of me, and I was frustrated myself because, you know, a leader, when you have that gift, you want to lead somebody. You know, you, you need a field. I didn't have my own. All there was was crossroads because he would tell me, right. he would see the struggle, and he would even tell me, Wanda, you need a field to champion. I was like, right. okay, but there's nothing here, you know, right. and I would even try to make things happen. It wasn't God's time, bottom line. I had to go through that process of learning how to steward my gift and how to bless him and so work good. alongside him, serve him in the local church. That's what prepared me then. The Lord began to open doors outside of yes. Crossroads that I could own and that we really said, okay, this, yeah, this is what I want to do. And so now it's complementing Crossroads. So I'm very much, I, I just really support him. I'm not involved in any of the ministries anymore at, at Crossroads. And it's, it's a beautiful you know, collaboration, but it took a while to get there. Yeah, we each have, must find our own field. We mm -hmm. each have to find that which we're passionate about, what God has given us. So I, I really affirm that. What else did you add to this, Bobby? In this whole yeah, process? I think that uh, the awakening first came when uh, we joined Dove mm -hmm. uh, in 2000. And right. soon after that, we had Brian come down and do the uh, prophetic ministry training. Right. And you guys are doing those workshops, mm -hmm. maybe more than you are today, or right. it's been done in different ways. But right. uh, when he described the prophetic personality, I was like checking every cent. I was like, wow, wow, wow. I, th I think I have one of those. I'm married to this, right? Yeah, I'm married yeah. to this. And <laughs> it just didn't, never dawned on me before, you know, what was happening. So that was kind of an, an awakening. And then just uh, prophetically, I mean, different prophets and everything would call out the prophetic gift in her and everything. And it's like uh, she said, uh, just the gift itself has a strength to it. Right. And um, which carries kind of, uh, like a D personality type of thing. And I'm right. primarily an S personality right. with the disc. And mm -hmm. so I'm the steady, stable one, but I'm actually afraid of D's. I mean, right. And so there's a, there's a natural fear that's in there. And so then she was strong about it. So then I, I would not respond in positive ways. But then when I began to realize after we did the uh, motivational or we call them redemptive gifts out mm -hmm. of Romans 12, yeah. I recognized that God had put that gifting in her, and I didn't. I didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. So I needed to accept and begin to champion, and begin to really, uh, you know, uh, cheer on 
the gift that God had put in her. Beautiful. And, and that, that began to bring peace in my heart. And so I really had to grow as a person in recognizing what God had put in her and to see that rather than try to form it to fit me mm-hmm. or my personality. Okay. And that just took maturity and time. Exactly. And I think one of the things to help us do that be intentional to draw out and affirm his gifting. Because even as a pastor and a prophet, um, I remember one time him telling me, you know, Wanda, I don't know how, if you really care about the people. And I realized there came a point because I am such a visionary right. uh, wanting to go forward. I was just sharing this, but I really wasn't paying attention to the people and the sheep. You know, and he would tell me the kinds of things that he was dealing with and the questions and the situations. And it was like, oh my goodness, you know, I need to pay attention to what he's carrying. And that was a huge difference. When he felt like I cared about what he cared about, then he could trust me a lot more, that I wasn't just out doing my own thing. And so that's what both of us had to do, was again to learn what what do we have in our hearts and can we honor that and really champion it, Mm -hmm. because then it it just puts your defenses down. You really Mm. feel like you you both recognize what God is doing and you can cheer it on. Beautiful, beautiful. So we look back, what would have you done different maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago? You know, I mean, you've learned all this now mm-hmm. and it, it's so right, it's so God. But there's a lot of people saying, I'm having a really hard time with this in our, in our own marriage right now involving leadership and church leadership or whatever kind of leadership. So what would you change? What do you wish you would have known back then that you know now? Well, that's a tough question to answer because uh, you know you you live your life and you re, you would I guess uh, somebody said that I would just make I would make the same mistakes because it's my life I just make them sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that we knew what we knew, and Dove was so helpful mm. for us when we joined Dove. Because what we came out of the denomination and the and the the network we were a part of, it was just um, wasn't really freeing for us who we were. wasn't wrong with the network or sure, denominations, sure. just where we're at and where right. God was taking us. And Dove was so helpful. I mean, the counsel we got from uh, our overseer Ron, as well mm-hmm. as uh, Steve, uh, you know, some marriage counseling and. Um, also, uh, Keith Yoder, mm-hmm. you know, we went to him for ministry counseling, and we actually did some other other counseling and stuff at times. So, um, so you reached out for help. And we that's reached so out key. for help. Yes, yeah. And that's why, really, because of your humility in doing that, that's why you're at the place you're at today. Yeah, and I, I want to say that we didn't figure out all those things we just named here in the past ten minutes on our own. Right. I mean, but yet there was there was times that we did. I mean, I, I tell people if you want to um, uh, prevent divorce in your marriage, there's three things you got to do. You got to talk about it. You have to pray about it and you have to go get help. That's good. Very good. And if you, if you do all those three, then you'll, you'll survive anything in your marriage. And I think that's the same way in leadership because I've noticed leaders, leaders that I have difficulty with, the sooner we can pray about something, the Mm -hmm. sooner we'll solve it. And I've actually had leaders say, I can't pray with you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why? And they were like, "What's well, not about you. It's just about where I'm at. I know if I pray with you, then then you know we'll figure it out. And I'm not sure I want to figure it out. And wow. so that's a key thing for me. If I get into a conflict, can we pray about it? And we you know talk so about it, pray about. It. And then the third one is go get help. Yeah. And so we've done all three of those in our you have 
in our journey, and so we've been able to overcome. Beautiful. Hmm. What would you add, Wanda? Two things come to mind. One is uh, to be free of your baggage. Um, you know, we went through a season of time where, where I went through deep inner healing and deliverance, and we didn't have anybody else really to walk through that. He, he pastured me through it, and actually mm. he was the crux of my angst <laughs> in the whole deliverance, but yet it was God's hand on it. But we had to humble ourselves before one another and that's huge just yeah. to you know get over yourself and to be willing to be real with other leaders and those that you need to get help from and so personal freedom is is key because it will be it, it'll put roadblocks all the time if you feel like you've got to hide something defend something it's just it, there's no greater freedom than knowing I, the enemy has no hold on me like Jesus right. says you know that's that's how I want to live my life but the other thing I you know looking back and that I tell young leaders especially, is to learn what God has put in you, that that gifting, like we yes. keep mentioning, those motivational uh, gifts, redemptive gifts. That can save a lot of heartache and time when you simply mm -hmm. start partnering with what Holy Spirit has already put in you. To me, that's more important than the where and when. You know, we, we where am I called um, you know, and when is it going to happen? Because once I got in touch with what God had put in my spirit mm -hmm. and could begin to partner with that, then it didn't, in some ways, it didn't matter where it, it would be expressed. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the adventure of a lifetime because you, different seasons will, will take you different places. But it was knowing what is that message that he's given me? What has he graced me and anointed me with? Because if I walk in that, I can go to different places and it bear fruit, mm -hmm. you know, and I can work with different people and it bear right. fruit. So I, I wish that I would have known that early on rather than looking at what am I going to do with my life? It's who am I going to be, mm. you know, that I can be that vessel that the Lord wants. And then it really gets fun because you never know where that might take That's you right. and how things might change. But you're always going to be true to what he's put in you. Beautiful. Love your story. You know, it's so, so, of course, I've known you for so many years and seen God work in you so powerfully. Uh, so, Bobby, for you, your field of ministry today is basically the local church serving others in local church leadership. And tell me if I have this right. And your sphere of ministry basically today, Wanda, is being a prophetic voice to the body of Christ throughout our nation, throughout the nations, uh, and teaching and writing and et cetera. And so finding your fields has really helped you. I can really tell as we're sharing this together today. Is there anything else you say to a younger a couple saying, man, we're just having a hard time? Anything else you would add to that? Well, I think one of the things that I would say is to get outside your generation. Good. And begin to Good. even ask questions to those in another generation, both younger and older. Mm-hmm. Because I think the older generation has something that that our generation has to learn, and also the younger coming behind us, how they see things. Right. And so I think uh, you know, if I would speak to somebody in a generation, I would say, get outside of your own. You know, whatever's popular that your generation is doing, get outside of that and ask Beautiful. some questions and build some relationships, and that will mature you because you get a different voice speaking into you than just your own generation that you're mm -hmm. in. Yeah. How about you, Warren? Anything else? The, bring the kingdom into every sphere of culture. You know, okay, this next good. generation is very much, uh, you know, social media, right. entertainment, uh, these mm -hmm. other fields. 
pay attention to what is going on there. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on in the world right now, a lot is being revealed mm-hmm. as to what the enemy has been doing. And I believe it's on us as the church. We haven't been in some of these places. We haven't been mm-hmm. willing to look at, you know, these fields of influence right. and these mountains of our culture. We have an opportunity to make a difference. We've we've got to make a difference, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the years ahead. And I, so I think it's just opening up our eyes beyond yeah. the fields. I mean, he's speaking generationally. I'm I'm seeing just the culture. Yes. Uh, because we're all in full time ministry. It just we're in different fields. That's as, right. As to where where we serve. Yeah. Now you both are writers. Uh, I know uh, Wanda. Your latest book, Words to Pray By. I, I want to do a whole podcast on this. I love this book. Um, Tell us the other books you've written. Can you, you remember that? Can you pull them out of your memory? Uh, the one before this, Moving from Sword to Scepter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Let's see, Ruling Through Prayer is the Ecclesia of God. So that was pretty major. Uh, yeah. We've we've co-written uh, a devotional, 21 Days, uh, Making Room for His Presence, mm-hmm. uh, that we did. Uh, did another small one, Prayer, that um, sparks national revival. That, too, was with, with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Oracles of Grace mm-hmm. is a devotional that I wrote. My very first book, actually, was Exposing the Religious Spirit and the— in the spirit-filled church, yeah, yeah. I uh, that. <laughs> that was quite a while ago. And then I've done some video uh, series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, all those will be on our show notes. Again, check out everything Bobby Wonder done on the show notes. The different, uh, including you know your, your local church, et cetera, et cetera, from mm-hmm. Crossroads. Uh, so you've got living a changed life, mm-hmm. Bobby. Is this your first book? Actually, not. That's a, the second one. Okay, I wrote a little little one that's uh, pre that. That's Similar to uh, how to be a real Christian. Oh yeah, right? sure. Yeah, I did so see it's that. My yeah, it's really cool. It's my yeah, version. Like it's yeah. it's called "Why Say Yes to Jesus." Yes, right. And I put it in every one of our uh, every visitor that comes to church. That's yeah, cool. They're given that booklet, and it just walks through the you know why we need a savior. I wish everybody wrote. I mean, everybody has life messages. I wish everybody mm-hmm. could write, <laughs> even if it's a small book, something. Yeah, because you. Can, because I, I find you can, you can have a conversation with someone, you can preach to 200 people or 500 people, whatever. That's all great. It's all good. But if you get something put in their hands and they can, you know, you can read that again and really get it in their spirit. That's why I love what God's doing with the two of you in writing. Fantastic. Yeah, I think it was you that said that uh, use um, other people's material. Mm-hmm. Until you're able to write your own, if you can. Yeah, I, I probably did say that. Yeah. I've told many people that. And yeah. so that's, yeah, that's, I, I, I took that. <laughs> I'm so glad, so glad you've done it. So anything else you want our listeners to know about leadership? We're soon out of time for this, this first podcast. I want to get you both back. Uh, anything else you say? If some of the younger leaders says to you, what's the most important thing you've learned about leadership over the years? What would you say? I would say stay in faith. Okay. That's a big thing because when particularly if you're if you're husband and wife or you're on a team and you have people that are working through either issues that are preventing mm-hmm. barriers or even their own issues to prevent barriers. Yeah. I mean that can happen. Is that is just really stay in faith and and so do what's good. needed to stay in faith. In other words, get encouragement from somebody else mm-hmm. that's in faith. Uh, you know, read the word, uh, mm-hmm. pray with somebody, and uh, that that would be my my thing. Uh, awesome. Just stay in faith, and you'll break yeah, through. You will. Yeah. Don't quit. Right. Right. Don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how about you, Wanda? Be yourself. Be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, when I 
first felt the call that I knew God had put something in me. I kept comparing myself with every other public figure or person wow. that I thought I'm, I might be in their position. And I fought with myself because I can't be like that. Well, I don't know how to do that. And the Lord would just keep telling me, so be yourself. Because you never know what, you know, you add the Holy Spirit to that, and it, that's what brings out the treasure. So just be authentic and be yourself. Be yourself and stay in faith. Love it. Thank you. Well, here in the Larry Crowder Leadership Podcast, we try week after week to learn just small things we can change. And, and by making those small changes, stay in faith, be yourself. Or By doing that, we'll see major differences come in our lives and the lives of those we serve. So, Bobby Wanda Alger, thank you for joining me today for the Larry Crowder Leadership Podcast. We're having you both back. I want to talk about some of these books that you've written. And check out the show notes. Uh, these guys are being used of God in a major way in the kingdom right now. Great. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for our podcast today. We'll see you back next week as we continue to learn these small changes we can make that will make a major difference in your life and the lives of those you serve. God bless you. Have an amazing day in the Lord. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.